1: What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for your patience. All of our stories up over at Syracuse.com and NewYorkUpstate.com. This is the post-game edition of Shout a Buffalo football podcast brought to you, as always, by Tops Markets. Kings Hawaiian Sliders Sunday Million Dollar Showdown is going down right now. Enter for a chance to win $1 million. Each week, Kings Hawaiian is pitting two city sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown, and you get to help decide the winner. Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries toward the $1 million prize. Explore the interactive stadium to play games, get recipes, share photos, and more. Visit topsmarkets.com redzone to enter the Bills, Ryan Talbot, in interesting and fun fashion here at M&T Bank Stadium. Improved to 3-1 and one with a 23-20 come-from-behind victory. Biggest takeaway. Start us off. What do you got?
0: Yeah, it's not how you start. It's how you finish in this league. And for the Bills, uh, they started extremely, you know, they were very sloppy. Uh, Josh Allen with two dangerous passes on that first drive. First one almost intercepted. Second one was tipped and intercepted. You have Singletary fumble on the team's third drive. Just a lot of mistakes that uh, really kind of added up early, put the Bills in a 20-3 hole. But to Buffalo's credit, to the credit of Josh Allen and Jordan Poyer, two players that we've run about quite a bit tonight, uh, they were able to kind of right the ship, so to speak, and get the Bills on the winning side of things.
1: Yeah, let's start off with Poyer because I feel like he's been one of the guys that we've talked about all offseason long, ever since he hired Drew Rosenhaus and the saga began uh, about whether or not he was going to get uh, his new contract in the, in the bills. I wrote about it twice tonight. You know, they're, they're at a stand, uh, like a stalemate with Poyer. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's been any traction on a new deal. They obviously added some money to his current deal and all he's done so far this season has gone out, and improved his value. And now more than ever, Ryan, his value is, is so, Evident with Micah Hyde being out for the season and what he means for the defense. He's like, you know, I was talking to Greg Rousseau at his locker stall after the game. And he said, you know, they missed him last week. He is like a game changer for this Bills defense. Obviously, they went out. They signed Von Miller for a specific reason to get that pressure on the front. But when you're talking about the back end and, and you know, who is the player that means the most to what they do? To me, it's Jordan Poyer. He's always in the right place at the right time. You know, the, the first interception, the Prince Amelie tip, which, by the way, hat tip to Prince Amelia, the rookie undrafted free agent coming out here making a play. That's one thing. But the interception in the end zone was a completely different thing. The game is on the line. If they score there, you know, the, the offense had really gotten it together in the second half. But if the, if the Ravens score there, that's the danger zone right there. You're going to put a lot of pressure on your offense. Jordan Poyer was completely out of position as Rousseau and Shaq Lawson were bearing down on Lamar Jackson. And as soon as he saw De- Devin Duvernay in the right corner of the end zone, he completely switched course. He was running uh, actually right behind me. He was running right to left. He switched and went all the way back the other side. Uh, and got there before the ball uh, did to intercept it. Huge plays from Jordan Poyer, who continues to prove how important he is. I don't know what that's going to mean for the contract negotiations, but man, it, I think that the the rallying cry out there right now it, it, it's on point. Pay Jordan Poyer. I mean, the guy deserves it.
0: Yeah, four interceptions in three games. I mean, that tells the entire story right there. You said at every game so far this year, he's recorded at least one interception. Uh, In this game, he had two, the one in the end zone being maybe the biggest play of the game, uh, with it being a fourth down play coming over and and taking that ball away from Duvernay or ever giving him a chance to make that play. And, you know, real quick on that play call, I'm not sure why the Ravens didn't at least give the threat of rolling out Lamar, making him look like he could run more than he did, but kudos to Poyer on that play heads up play uh, gave the bills, good field position to start rather than being backed up deep in their own end. had that just been an incomplete pass. So he did a lot of things that really help his case and, and, you know, it's not just the fan base saying, pay this guy. It's in his track record. Ever since joining joined this team in 2017, he's been one of the best safeties in the league. And now the spotlight truly is going to be on him for the rest of the season, Matt, with Micah Hyde down. Uh, if the Bills safety unit and the secondary plays as well as they have in years past, then Poyer can make a really good case saying, you need a guy like me back there this year and in years going forward. Uh, obviously, the secondary is trending in the right direction. He had Dane Jackson back today. I think Kyrie Elam has been very good for them. Benford in a few weeks, then who knows with Trey White, but he's eligible to come off the pup here. uh, So the Bills overall secondary could be in really good shape very soon.
1: We're going to move it up a little bit. I, I think we should do our, our, our value toolsy player of the game a little bit earlier this week. If you if you want to go with Poyer, uh, feel free to do so. I'm going to start off with mine, though. Head over to valuehomecenters.com right now. Uh, they have a ton of great new deals for you every week. They put out an advertisement. You kind of skim through there. If there's anything you got to get in uh, before the season's change, they'll hook you up. Paints, tools, they have all different kinds of things to hook you up. Uh, But right now, our toolsy players of the game, I'm going to give mine to Matt Milano. Hmm. Dude, this this guy was explosive. I felt like he was all over the field at all three levels of the field. The only thing that you can kind of knock Matt Milano on through four games this season is that he's been in a position a couple times to make an interception. And, you know, after that, that one that he made a couple of weeks ago, it's been the pick six that he ended up dropping and then let Mark Andrews come up over the top and take that one away from him today. But if you want to talk about the key to stopping Lamar Jackson, containing Lamar Jackson, to me, it was Matt Milano's effort, you know, going sideline to sideline, you know, Tremaine Edmonds as well. I thought Tremaine Edmonds made a lot of really good plays in in this one, but it's just, it's Milano's. It's just like he's in the right place at the right time. And he's, he's taking all the right angles. He's making all the right reads and against Lamar Jackson, you go back to the playoff game a couple of years ago. I remember writing, a headline on Matt Milano when he said, oh, we're real confident in the plan that we have for Lamar Jackson. For whatever reason, Matt Milano, he he feels really good playing against Lamar Jackson. He looked like it, played like it today.
0: Yeah, that's a great choice, Matt. You know, he he had an open field tackle on Lamar, and that's there's very few linebackers in the league that can say that. When you have Lamar one on one, usually he's going to win that matchup. He had a huge run stop near the goal line late in that game, where he uh, shot off the left hand side and got in there and stopped the play for a two three yard loss. So excellent choice. I am going with Jordan Poyer. Uh, Poyer just makes you know plenty of sense to me with the two interceptions on the Amelia tip ball, right place, right time. Jumped up, hauled that one in to give the Bills good field position, which they they didn't do anything with it that first time. But second interception, like I said, set them up with a touchback. Bills were able to march down the field, uh, make Baltimore use all of their timeouts and and seal the game with a game-winning field goal as time ticked off the clock.
1: I want to talk a little bit about Josh Allen and the effort that he played today. But I think one of the biggest talking points going into this game was the run game. And it looked... As bad as ever early on in this mm-hmm. game. And, you know, uh, I was actually talking to, to Devin Singletary after the game and who ended up having a really nice game. And I think that what you're kind of starting to see here is I think that they got to move away from this experiment where they kind of spread the ball around and give guys different uh, looks in and, 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 and their own series. You know, Zach Moss has come out a, a couple of times for series. And, you know, whether it's been three and out or just ineffective drive, it's just not working. I almost feel like you've got to put him in more of a reserve role and let a guy like Devin Singletary, you know, get more comfortable. He had the fumble early. I tweeted out maybe some more James Cook. He's somebody that I was maybe looking to see if they were going to use a little bit more today. But Singletary had himself a game. 11 carries for 49 yards. Some really important second half runs to sustained drives. He had uh, five targets, four catches, 47 yards. He's been. The factor in the passing game that I think a lot of people were expecting James Cook to be. Um, and he's undeterred by the outside noise. What, what everybody's saying about this run, run game, you could say whatever you want. Devin Singletary is not hearing it. He said when he made a mistake today, James Cook actually came up to him and said, This is what we do. We respond, we, we stay mentally strong, we get back in the game. You know, that's the kind of culture that Singletary, I, I believe, has set in that room to have a young guy like that kind of pick up a veteran. And obviously Singletary did the same for cook when he dropped that one, uh, had a lot of open space in front of him, But I think that the running game figured some things out. Now this is not a Baltimore defense that I think scares anybody, but coming on the road in these rainy conditions, it's always a tough team to play. And they got up for this game. You could tell that this Baltimore defense was up for this bill's offense.
0: They, they definitely were. And, and real quick on Singletary, listen, overall, 90 total yards, had a really good game for this team, led the way again. There's still some issues to be had in that running back room. Zach Moss, again, l- very limited in terms of what he could do. Going down at first contact, that's a little concerning to me. Considering his size, you'd like to think that he could at least shed a few tackles here and there. Um, so it's something I want to see him get better at, Cook dropping the ball. It, it was a very inconsistent performance, but it goes back to what you and I have talked about. It should be the Devin Singletary show right now. He should be getting the bulk of of the work, uh, which he did today. And mind you, yes, the weather conditions are not ideal, but the Bills do need to get more out of Moss and Cook when their numbers do get called. Uh, What Singletary is doing is great, but the Bills need more from their overall run game. And, you know, today is not a time to talk about it, but there's obviously a lot of bad teams, Matt, that have some decent running backs. And there's going to be a lot of speculation, I think, as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline of, who some of those players could be that the bills could potentially target.
1: Let's maybe dive into that a little bit, because obviously the Saquon Barkley hype Mm. train got dialed up quite a bit from Shannon sharp today. When I, you know, the bills were struggling to run it today and he said, you know, try to pull a, a, a trade for, for Saquon Barkley. Listen, I think from a financial perspective, I think uh, what's he owed probably the rest of the season, maybe $4 million after, after four games. It's probably something that you can figure out from a financial perspective. You can maybe redo a contract to open up some, some cap space. But I don't necessarily know if, A, it's necessarily the personnel that's going to absolutely flip the switch. And is it something you're willing to do, giving up maybe a third or a second round pick to go out and get a Saquon Barkley? And don't get me wrong, Saquon Barkley is a special talent, but you're basically giving up a third round, second round, third round pick for a rental situation because you're probably not going to have the kind of cap space to re sign him next year. Saquon Barkley potentially is going to get a market setting contract this offseason. I just don't know if it makes the most sense. I think maybe some patience with the run game, knowing how Devin Singletary finished last year and Aaron Cromer continuing to get. A little bit more comfortable in his role, and Sean McDermott even mentioned Cromer today, and the way that they kind of adjusted at halftime. I don't know; it's something I'm, I'm definitely willing to mull over. We talk about Christian McCaffrey in the off season. I just don't know if I'm there yet.
0: And, and, and that's fair. But at the end of the day, if the Bills are a true Super Bowl contender, if they can win it all, a third round pick uh, might not be a game changer at that point in the draft. Now mind you, you still get good players, but if it's the player that puts you over the top, I'm certainly listening to it. If it's a third round pick. Barkley was someone that was talked about this week with Boomer Esiason pitching that idea. Uh, There's, you know, Christian McCaffrey. The Bills were supposedly in on him this year before the draft or this offseason. But the Panthers are absolutely dreadful. There's no reason for them to hold on to him if uh, the right deal comes along. And there's even a guy like Rashad Penny in Mm -hmm. Seattle, one of the best running backs in the league last year when he was finally healthy. Uh, He's done some really good things this year. They drafted Kenneth Walker. Uh, He's a free agent at the end of the year, so if the Bills are truly trying to get someone that they think could be a difference maker, maybe they do explore one of those ideas. It all comes down to what Ken Dorsey obviously thinks about the running backs in this offense, but then more importantly, Sean McDermott and Brendan Bean in in terms of what they're trying to do here. But you're right, whoever they bring in, if anyone gets brought in via trade, they're probably not here beyond this season just because of the cap space that the team has and some of the players they already have under contract that they're probably going to try to re-sign here in due time.
1: Uh, Rick Rarick, I had his comment up here, wonder how bad uh, Crowder's ankle is. Uh, obviously, Jameson Crowder left today's game uh, with an ankle injury, he was on crutches seen in the back uh, walking out of the stadium. So, you know, we'll we'll keep you posted on that over the course of the next week as he practices. But you got to figure, you know, the Bills are banged up at receiver. No Jake Kumaro today. Gabe Davis, who I th- this still don't think is at 100 mm-hmm. percent. He kind of gritted through it today, but didn't he didn't look right. I mean, these drops are, are, are uncharacteristic. You know, he's been so sure handed over the course of the last couple of those sideline kind of grabs. He had one drop there today. One or two, actually. I can't remember how many he had. And he actually hasn't had any uh, pro football reference, hasn't uh, tagged him for any drops yet this season, his first three games. That one in the end zone, while it might not have been a drop per se, was one that you got to have. And so you're talking about going into this with that receiver situation, and it only gets worse. Crowder's now banged up. Isaiah McKenzie leaves this game with um, what could be a concussion. I mean, he got absolutely rung up on that play over the middle and impressive to hang on to the ball. But now all of a sudden you're down four potentially, at least three wide receivers. The bright spot is Khalil Shakir comes in and makes an absolutely huge play down the stretch. I thought he was dead to rights behind the line of scrimmage. He ends up scooting through, making one guy miss and getting a first down. Uh, A huge play for him and maybe potentially an opportunity. But man, the Bills are banged up at receiver end.
0: Yeah, Shakir, great cut on that play. Love the way that he protected the football as well. We've talked about maybe uh, next week or this week, maybe being a game where you promote Isaiah Hodgins, depending on it, seeing it, how beat up they are at wide receiver. Marquez Stevenson is another player that could they could activate depending on his health and his status. But th- they need some bodies in here, Matt, because y- you said it—the ankle injury to Kumaro and then what happened this week? They're they're down a lot of bodies. Gabe Davis doesn't look right with those the bobbles and the drops that he had today. Crowder, before he went out with his injury, had some bad drops across the middle that were put right on him. Obviously, the passing attack is such a big part of this offense. The Bills need to figure something out this week, whether it's trying to bring someone in uh, that's on the market or whether it's bringing up Hodgins and seeing what's available to you on this team as well with a a guy like uh, Stevenson as well.
1: Yeah, the Bills on offense, getting back Mitch Morse this week, I felt like was a real shot in the arm uh, for their offensive line up front. I mean, uh, from a pass protection standpoint. By the way, it um, the rain wasn't as big of a factor here today as I think some people thought it was going to be. We got through almost the entire pregame show from 11 to 12 without even a drop. And then early on in the game, it wasn't bad. It got, you know, the third quarter it was definitely raining, but I, even the guys said in the locker room, I don't think they – the weather necessarily affected this game as much as people thought it was going to.
0: No, weather wasn't terrible because earlier in the week, Matt, they were talking about downpours. They were talking about the heavy gusts of wind. And there was a few windy moments on TV. You could see uh, the flags waving on the goalposts a little bit, but uh, overall, I don't think it came anywhere close to the worst case scenario that was projected earlier in the week. So uh, that was good for the bills. And obviously a lot of the drops were Buffalo. but you saw the same thing from Baltimore in the second half, a lot of balls, bouncing off hands and issues. So maybe the rain didn't cause all of that, but a little bit of slick conditions, I think uh, cost both teams in, in a few scenarios in this game.
1: You know, it's slick Ryan Talbot, tailgate and go kitchen, oh, yes. falling leaves and crisp weather means it's our favorite time of year at tops tailgate season. And you can win the ultimate tailgate accessory from tops just by purchasing brands. You already love now through October 29th. Every time you use your tops bonus plus card to purchase participating brands, like Pepsi, Campbell's, and Smithfield, and so many more, you're automatically entered for a chance to win a tailgate and go kitchen for the ultimate tailgating experience. You know what they got, Ryan Talbot? You could probably read this at this point yourself. Built-in cutting boards, paper towel holder, bottle opener, spice rack, food divider compartment, storage net in the lid, and knife magnet. You know, I I was walking through the tailgates today, Ryan Talbot. I'm, I'm pretty sure some people could use the tailgate and go kitchen.
0: I think anyone could use that. That's going to a, to a Bills game or any other kind of football game. Yeah, it sounds like somebody need to get over to Topson and check out now. Chef, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. All
1: right, so the offensive line, I was kind of going down that tangent a little bit. You know, I thought that they played, they held up pretty well. This is not a defensive front that I think is even in the top 15 in the league when you're talking about elite pass rushes, Uh, the bills, uh, I think five quarterback hits today, that Josh Allen took one of them was kind of scary, but I think getting Mitch Morse back up front was really, really important. I think it helped them solidify things. You don't want Greg Van Roten playing center if you can get away with it. And I think that they did a pretty good job. And in the run game, I think that this is something that maybe they can build off of a little bit. This is a Pittsburgh Steelers team next week, Ryan, they're banged up right now. They're beat up a little bit. I, I think they lost to the Jets today. They went to Kenny Pickett. The Mitchell Trubisky era is already, uh, it appears to be over. I think that the, you know, the Bills can kind of build on this maybe with TJ Watt out and maybe continue to try to get this offensive line, their their confidence level going.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good time to have a team like Pittsburgh coming in. You know, Pickett to his credit did give the the Steelers a spark. They they did lose at the very end late in the game to the Jets, but he was doing a lot more for them than what Trubisky was doing. That's gonna be an interesting matchup. Offensive line, I'm gonna go back and rewatch this game soon. Uh, Mitch Morse had one bad snap that Allen fumbled and then picked up and ran with it, came mm. short of the, the line of gain, but way better in terms of the snaps, obviously, which you would expect. Uh, it did feel like to me, though, this was one of those 2019-2020 games where Allen made the offensive line look a lot better than they were because of his ability to scramble, elude pressure get some good runs on the ground. He had a 20 yard run. He he ended up as the leading rusher for this team. Uh, I thought that he masked masked a lot of their issues in this game, but I'll go back and rewatch before I make that my final judgment, Um, but definitely better to see these guys all back out there, uh, giving them some more time to gel. All
1: right, let's go back to the game really quickly. Uh, I want to talk about a couple more things. The Bills start off slowly this week, right? I mean, it is from the Mm -hmm. very jump. They Get out, score on the first drive. It doesn't go their way. Interception puts the defense in a bad spot right from the jump. And I was talking to Taron Johnson and um, Greg Rousseau after the game. And one of the things they said that was kind of uh, hampering the defense early, four straight drives to open up for the Ravens. Obviously, that first one was really close. You kind of chalked that one up. Was... The, the Ravens kind of mixing in some different looks, like different run concepts. Greg Russo was talking about that shuffle pass at the goal line was something they didn't see from them on tape. So it was about adjusting to things that the Ravens were doing differently to confuse the Bills. Taron Johnson added that what the Bills realized by halftime was they weren't doing a good enough job disguising their coverages, something that they do so well. And part of that might be because who's the best at doing that? for the bills, usually Micah Hyde, right? like yeah. him out there having DeMar Hamlin in a second year spot. I think that there had to be a, a re-emphasis on making things more difficult on Lamar without letting him know what the bills are trying to do defensively. And then it was just about, you know, having the, having the plays. And then what Matt Milano said, getting up, being aggressive, running the ball and making plays. And that's when I think the Bills started to go downhill and Lamar Jackson for as elite as this guy is, he has looked as good as anybody in the league all year. I was talking about it coming into this game. Against the Bills, he has yet to throw for over 200 yards in a game, I believe. I don't don't think he got up over that in his first game. I'd have to go back and look. That was the first game of his rookie year, same as Josh Allen. And the 70-yard rushing today, it it felt like not a lot, considering what the damage that he can do in the run game.
0: Yeah, there's certainly some big moments, third down plays, where he took off and ran and moved the chains. But we've also seen him take over games with his legs. So 70 yards at the end of the day uh, is not a big deal. When these two teams play, Matt, I don't think Josh Allen has had any particularly strong games against the Ravens, but obviously the same can be said about Lamar uh, going against the Bills and, you know, kudos to Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, who realized kind of late in that first half, let's get aggressive on those third down plays where uh, they're a little bit behind the sticks and, and force their hand and it worked and you started to see more pressure. You started to get them off the field. Uh, second half was something like punt, punt, interception, interception for the Ravens. So the, the bills kind of did figure something out. They really made that change when they needed to, when things were looking kind of bleak there, when they were down 20 to three, even though the defense held to a lot of field goals in that scenario, they, they turned it on when they really needed it. And, and kudos, like I said, to the coaching staff for figuring things out on the fly.
1: Let's transition before we get out of here. I want to talk a little bit about just Josh Allen's performance overall. We usually lead when Josh Allen has himself a strong game. And it wasn't, the whole game wasn't necessarily a great one. Like we, like you mentioned, I mean, he ends up finishing with a 52% completion rate, which is very uncharacteristic for the 2022 version of Josh Allen. But what I thought really happened in this game for him was really fighting through some adversity as some of his teammates were kind of letting him down a little bit. Right. I mean, there was a couple really bad drops in this game where you're like, man, if you make that play at any point in the first half, maybe this offense finally starts to turn the page. And then it was that last drive of the first half where I felt like he really came alive and, I think when 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 Josh Allen struggles, what really kind of gets him out of the funk is being able to kind of get dinged a little bit. Like, he's talked about, like, wanting to get hit early in the game, but I think, like, when he's struggling, I almost feel like he feeds off of it, even as a passer, when he gets out in open space on a run, takes a big hit, and then kind of settle himself into the game. And then we saw him really start to you know, zoom some throws in, make some really good reads. I thought that there was one throw he had on the sideline, the one to Stephon Diggs where Diggs had to kind of extend himself. He was, you know, the, the, the left defensive end was really bearing down on him. He had to hang in, he had to make a tough throw. Diggs helped him out, made a catch. Those are the kind of plays that could kind of springboard an offense, and they had to grid this out. And I think Josh said it best after the game in the uh, post-game uh, video that the Bills put out in the locker room. It's like whether it's by 100 or it's by three or one point, You just got to get it done and you got to win these games when things aren't going well for you. And I think he found a way to do that today. And I was, I was, I came away impressed with his game, even if maybe the numbers aren't what you're really looking for in terms of an MVP type of performance.
0: And, and I think that's fair because, again, conditions, I think the Ravens, uh, even though they had that meltdown against the, the Dolphins a few weeks ago, they can make some plays on the defensive side with some of the cornerbacks that they have. The play that you mentioned to Diggs was one of his best throws of the day. His best one, I, I thought, came on the final drive uh, where he lofted a ball to Dawson Knox along the sidelines. I want to say it was like a third and six, third and nine mm, type of play. Yeah. Over three defenders, just perfectly placed it in there. Knox caught it along the sidelines. They moved the chains. Huge play in, in that series, considering they would have had to give the, ba- uh, the ball back to Baltimore had they not converted there. So, you know, he made the plays when they when they were needed. He took off and used his legs when they were needed. He knew that this was not the type of game where he was going to always be able to pass and get the guys open because you had Crowder with a few drops. Uh, you, you had Gabe Davis with a few drops. You had... Some mistakes that you, you haven't seen in years past. And, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, I hope he gets uh, better soon in the concussion protocol. He had one play where he would have moved the chains had he just dove forward after a catch. He tried to jump back and gain some extra yardage. He ended up falling short of the, the chains there. And it's just one of the things where, OK, I, you grew accustomed to watching Cole Beasley the last few years in this offense. Catch the ball, dive forward, move the chains uh and then kind of set yourself up for that next series of moving down on first down second down third down little things like that 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 the receivers will learn as the season goes on McKenzie's been in the system for a long time but he's still getting used to having this bigger role in the offense so the receivers weren't the greatest today but Allen I thought had a really good game I thought he put a lot of those passes in the spots where they needed to be too batted balls though seems like he's had a lot of batted balls tip balls early this year Matt
1: I've gotten a lot of messages over the last week, Ryan, uh, from frustrated bills fans. And I feel like this happens when you suffer a bad loss, like they did in Miami last week, something that came down, you know, the one score game narrative that has been kind of beaten into the ground over the last couple of close losses. I mean, 0- Oh, for seven in your last one score games. I mean, you start to wonder if it's a trend, if it's, if it's something that, you know, a team can't handle. And I think that what you could take in out of this game, if you're a bills fan or even inside that locker room from coaches or players is the bills ability in a tight, close game to execute in the fourth quarter. And I almost felt like this was the opposite of what we experienced in Kansas city last year. Just like that last drive, like a a cool, calm demeanor to the offense with the way that Josh was driving them down the field. And then when they got into the red zone, you know, Playing smart football to set up the winning score, not rushing it, not being pushing it too far or not, or, or not managing the clock the way that you need to down there. They left the Ravens with no time left on the clock. And I felt like the execution piece is one where you can you can learn from this. And in, in the next close game, you know, lean back on this experience to continue to try to make those kinds of plays and perform a little bit better in those clutch situations.
0: Yeah, you know, great execution by the Bills, but also a tip of the cap to number 99 on the Ravens. It might have been away uh, hmm. Singletary. It looked like they were going to let him go in and score on a play. And then he kind of came in at the end and dove on Singletary, tackled him around the, the two or the three. I probably around the three because Allen was able to get the QB sneak to move the chains. Uh, And you saw a few of the Ravens players literally throw their hands up on their heads. Like, what is this guy doing? We're going to let him score, get the ball back. So maybe they got a little bit of an assist there, but the execution was great from that point on Allen, knowing let's chug ahead and get the first down, but let's not get the touchdown, make them, you know, they're out of timeouts. Let's take two knees, set up a, a chip shot with three seconds left that, you know, you should feel very, very confident in Tyler Bass to connect on, which he obviously did. So, Execution was outstanding when it mattered the most. And hopefully that's a good learning experience for this team.
1: We'll end on this. What do you think is the biggest storyline coming out of the first four game, the first like quarter of the season for this Bills team and moving ahead into a really important stretch here with the Steelers, the Chiefs and the Packers? What's maybe a storyline that's catapulted to the top of the list for this team for you?
0: yeah bills 3 and 1 despite a, a laundry list a laundry you know an injury list that's beyond belief the fact that the the depth and the talent on this team has been able to come through and help them week 1 you you defeat the reigning super bowl champs week 2 you absolutely uh, dominate the AFC's number one seed. You fall to the dolphins in a game that you definitely could have won uh, a lot of missed opportunities there. And then you come back this week and play a Baltimore Ravens team that Matt, a few weeks ago, you and I said we're a top three team in, in the conference. And I still mm-hmm. feel that way uh, and be able to come back from 17 points down, score 20 unanswered and, and win this game. That's it's a lot of the grit. It's a lot of perseverance, And if the team can get trending in the right direction health-wise, yes, they have some tough games up ahead. You mentioned two of them, (laughs) the Chiefs and the Packers, but it also gets a little bit softer after that. You do have some decent games mixed in there. Obviously, the Bengals towards the end of the year, but you have two games against the Jets, who kudos to them for pushing through and winning today. You're going to go against a Brissette-led Browns team. You have uh, the the Patriots twice, who just fell in overtime to the Packers, and kudos to their defense for keeping them in that game all, all game. But. They're doing what they need to do to win right now against the toughest portion of their schedule. That first half of the year, in my opinion, Matt, way more difficult on paper than what they're going to face in the second half.
1: For me, the storyline that I'm going to take into the next phase of the season is the Bills are a team that other teams don't want to play. I, and I think that that was the case going into the season. But everything that we've seen happen early in this year, I think it's a, it, they're an annoying team to play when they're down, when you, they're missing players in Miami. They take it till the, to the final play of the game and almost had a chance to win at the end. And I think if you really talk to those Miami Dolphins players in the locker room, they'll probably tell you, if they were being honest, there's no way it should have been that close without 11 starters at one point in this game. And then we saw today. It was an absolute meltdown at the end. Marcus Peters did everything that he could in this game to kind of stifle digs, to play good, to keep the Bills to just 23 points, to do all these things. And at the end, it doesn't matter. The Bills found a way to win. And it's like you can almost play perfect as a team and still this Bills team is going to find a way to beat you. And they're not even whole right now. So I think what we're seeing right now is a scary team that's just figuring out all the different layers to their superhero ness if you will for lack of a better word right there's different um, layers to what they can be as a team and I think that that's just kind of a scary development for the rest of the the league
0: yeah I think it's a great point they're doing what they have to right now without having some of their best players and and we mentioned it you're going to get Trey White back probably you know ideally maybe in the next four or five weeks maybe post by who knows but that return should be happening. Christian Benford is going to be coming back. The only player you're not getting back this year, obviously, is Micah Hyde, uh, who is a huge piece to this puzzle. But if that's all, if you can get Ed Oliver back, who was held out again because of that ankle injury, and Jordan Phillips back, that defense becomes even scarier. And they've been doing a great job already this year. Offensively, Gabe Davis let him get back to 100% or as close to it as possible. You've had so many other guys banged up, offensive line wide receivers, tight ends. You know, it's never gonna be a hundred percent probably again this year, just because of the the tolls that a game takes on your body. But the fact that they're three and one after all the, the literally hits, bumps, and bruises that they've had so far this year, uh it's a real testament to this team, to this coaching, and to the fact that this is a legitimate Super Bowl contender.
1: You know, if you're gonna be following a Super Bowl contender all season long, you wanna be set up each and every Sunday or Monday or Thursday. With the best that Tops has to offer. Let Tops do all the work for your game day and tailgating spreads. Perfect for game day or any day. Visit the Tops Carryout Cafe. Hot to go fresh, large cheese and pepperoni pizza, 14 bucks. Jumbo chicken wings, 10 count, 14 bucks. Grab a breakfast pizza, eat at any time of the day, 20 bucks. Visit topsmarketscom red zone for the complete menu of ready to enjoy fan favorites. All right, Ryan Talbot, final word
0: final word bills fans great comeback win for this team the the whole narrative of they can't win the close one you can kind of nail that one shot let's just see what they can do going forward
1: all right we'll be back this week with a couple shows uh, home game uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers we'll have you covered all week long for Ryan Talbot I'm Matt Perino head over to syracuse.com newyorkupstate.com you can read all of our post game coverage we'll see you soon A Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.